Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. When you look up the biography of our next guest, you will see the 2013 National College Football Coach of the Year. You will see SEC Coach of the Year, thanks to his time at Ole Miss. You will see two-time ACC Coach of the Year, thanks to his time at Duke. You will see Manning Brothers mentor Peyton and Eli and friend to Archie and the rest of that crew. We here at the David Glenn Show believe the bio should also include one of the most popular guests in the history of our program. He is in year 11 as a regular guest here, and more importantly, year 11 as the head coach of the football Blue Devils. Coach Cut, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks, David. And of all those bios, no offense to any of the other part, I think the last two <laughs> are the things that excite me the most. It is 2018, 11 <laughs> years. I'm still here. And and I'm still on your show as a guest, so that's all good for a football coach. Well, I'll tell you what, it warms my heart every time somebody says to me, you know, I got to know that Coach Cut guy. I felt like I knew him like I was in his living room because of 10 years' worth of visits on your program. The only thing about that bio is my line coach does not get you a raise. All those other things do. You know, you know what, and I'm not going to knock on the door and ask for one because that's a fast track out for coaches, too. Just pay attention to what's going on around the country, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. Duke beat Army last week at Wallace Wade. The Devils are 1-0 as they visit Northwestern in Big Ten country. That's a Saturday game noon on ESPNU if you're not headed there to support the Blue Devils on the road. Uh, I saw really cool news. Your son, Marcus, was named a senior associate athletic director at Austin P, which does give the Cutcliffe family now permission to have one of the coolest rooting punchlines ever. <laughs> Let's go P. Absolutely. But for those who don't know, if you saw a family picture of the Cutcliffe crew, Marcus is Af African American. And the rest of your family is overwhelmingly white. How did this story happen? Because I could, I could hear the pride or feel it when you uh, tweeted about his rising up the ranks of athletics administration. Well, he, first of all, he's, he's done this before his 32nd birthday. Wow. And um, we're very proud of, of Marcus. He's, he has brought more to our family than we've been able to br bring to him. He was uh, – he. We met Marcus. This is a good. I'll try to make it quick, but it's just too good. Oh, I I know the story. I just I just want you to share it to yeah, everybody so else. The first day in school, we bring Chris to school in the sixth grade. This little guy comes up. He has no idea who Karen and I are, and he said, "Hey, are you a new kid?" Chris said, "Yep." He said, "Don't worry, Mom and Pops. I'll take him to class." You know? <laughs> so he did, and then from there, Chris and Marcus developed a friendship. His mom. Unfortunately, when he was in the eighth grade, was diagnosed with cancer and died quickly afterwards. And he's basically been with us ever since. Uh, my wife, Karen, is the one that just, um, she, she was amazing in what she did balancing. She, she had Emily, uh, our youngest child, about the same time. So she wow. balanced that, balanced our other two, balanced Marcus. Genevieve, his mom, um, it was interesting. She, on one of her last wishes to Karen, was pleased to see that Marcus um, graduates from college because no one had. And, man, did he do that in style. He was a great student at the University of Tennessee. And, um, as they say, the rest of this point is history. He's done great. 
Coach, given that you have a lot of African-American young men who call you a mentor, some of you even say father-like figure in your locker room as the Duke football coach, and of course you raised Marcus as he was your own son, it feels like we're at a, such a weird time in America with racial issues. I mean, some people say it feels like the 1960s again, and that's not a good thing. No. You have stood in some very interesting shoes while raising Marcus with Karen uh, and also just as a mentor to so many young African-American men. What are your wisdoms and insights w when you think of the big picture of what's going on well, in that regard? I, I like people to understand that, that they're – there are problems. Um, don't don't just. I hear people say, "Well, there's, it's not that way." Well, we we came back in. We went, I think, maybe to the Caribbean somewhere. We had to come back through customs, and coming back through customs, Marcus being a part of our family became a problem. Mm. And the obvious was one. And the guy was pretty bad about Ugh. it. And so, I think that was eye popping for us. Is that don't sit and say quickly, "Well." They have no reason to complain. And and let's also, though, remember, and I tell Marcus all the time, you know, we all have to be standalone people, and there's a way to handle every circumstance you're put in. And I tell our young people that. We're not going to change the, the world but one interaction at a time. And as you meet people and as you interact with people, whether it's a good situation or a poor situation, let them remember you as incredible. And I think if we all took that approach in our all of our, not just relationships, but I'm talking about these chance meetings that, that can have a little conflict involved when you finish and you walk away, if that other party is saying, wow, what an incredible person, yeah. we got a shot. And that's what I try to share with our young people and Marcus as far as dealing with some, some problems that they're going to face along the way, because I do know now they are real. David Cutcliffe joining us. He's on Twitter, at David Cutcliffe. He's taking the Devils to Northwestern Saturday noon ESPNU. They beat Army 34-14 to in an impressive opener at Wallace Wade Stadium. What was the most important thing you learned about your football team last week, if you didn't know it already? Well, I thought that we were physical, more physical, you know, just literally stronger. Um, but when you're playing each other, which is all you do in college football, all through spring and all in the August camp, I kept talking to Ben Halbert. I said, Ben, you think our offensive front is more physical? And looks looks at to me, self-coach, there's no doubt. And then I'd ask Jim Bridge the same about the defense. And I thought as the game went along, whether it was our linebackers uh, or our front, I know we have some good skilled people, but, but we're a physical football team and in, in, in our most physical football team. Doesn't mean we're going to win more games than we've ever won. We've got to play well to win here. That's yeah. the bottom line. But uh, this team's got a chance of being a really good football team. You have shared a lot over the years with us about your respect for the military academies and the young men and women who attend them. I was not at your game, but I did watch the whole thing on TV, 34-14. The football was impressive. At the end, I, I couldn't tell exactly what was going on because it was only on TV, but it looked like your Blue Devils players, and I couldn't see you. You might have been right in the middle of the crowd as well, essentially walked in front of the Army cadets to help them honor a post-game tradition. What, what can you tell us about that? Well, I, I, we, we do tell our players, I told them, you know, my Thursday night meeting, you know, regardless of the outcome of this game, when the game's over with, a lot of these people 
are people that are going to go go to war, yeah. service for the country, and and we do it here. Uh, they do have some cadets in the stands, and they've got that pep band. We certainly do it up there with the Corps of Cadets all sure. there. And I, I go over there all through these years. I have looked up into those stands and seen such exceptionally bright-eyed young people. And that's a little humbling to realize what, what their commitment is post-graduation. So uh, very, very appreciative whether or not been fortunate to coach against uh, the Naval Academy Army West Point and Air Force, so uh, a bunch of exceptional young people. Duke coach David Cutcliffe joining us on the David Glenn Show. We've been talking about some of the other matchups nationally in college football, including Dabo Sweeney and number two Clemson visiting Jimbo Fisher now at Texas A&M. And I wonder, Coach, you don't have to comment on this part, but I, I would just share as a guy who's covered both of those guys, I find a lot more of Dabo's colleagues who like and respect and admire Dabo. Jimbo, I'll put it as kindly as I can, has a little bit more of a mixed bag in terms of how people feel about him, just as I've, I've discovered such things. My question to you is, was there, you're, you're like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Was there ever an opponent, either when you were with Philip Fulmer at Tennessee or any time any other coaching stop, where you sort of kind of disliked somebody on the opposing sideline, and when you were up late, rather than taking your foot off the accelerator, you just said, you know what, that dude deserves me pouring it on a little bit. I, I don't know if Davo feels that way about Jimbo. I don't claim to know, but I, I wonder uh, your thoughts. Well, that's a great uh, <laughs> insight, first of all. Um, you know, I, I, there, there are people – and have been people that I don't care about the way they do things. Um, I don't think I've ever, because of the players that play the game, I've never tried to just destroy another team for any reason, you know, because it goes way beyond coaching right. at that point. But, you know, what I don't like are people that just, there's an arrogance and, and, and you know, a brashness or people that just act like other, other folks don't matter. It's right. about me. And um, I will say this about Dabo. Dabo is, is as far from that. He and Kathleen, his his wife, are friends of ours. Uh, Karen loves Kathleen, and they're good people, and their sons are great young men. And, you know, I, I think about things like that a lot more than I do not liking somebody. And I want to beat Clemson so bad in November, I taste right. it, you know. But it will never – I don't ever want it to be about me and another coach for sure. Last thing for you, and I'm not sure how much time you have, so be as short as you need to be. We have heard the phrase from you and many others, faith, family, football. On your Twitter page bio, you slip in there one more F. It says faith, family, future football. Yeah. What's the best way to describe why you slide the extra F word in there? Their futures, um, I, I remind them all the time, that every decision they're making academically and socially is much more important to their future than the football. And that's why football's fourth. So, um, you know, I'm not going to call myself a mentor of young people if I don't remind them of that all the time, all the time. And so it's in our team room. It's pasted everywhere here. And it's the absolute truth. You know, as a parent, you know, how truthful that is. And, um, so that's a that's a three sixty five thing for us is those kinds of decisions. We're gonna take care of our futures all the time. 
Write that down, Darren. The wrong F word flies around American society way too often. David Cutcliffe's F words, faith, family, future football. Those are much more enjoyable to digest. Good luck against Northwestern, Coach, and thanks, as always, for the time. Thanks, David. Take care. You got it.